Welcome to 12 Man Raid, the Azeroth Fantasy Football League podcast. This week, Bean and I, along with a special guest, will recap the league's week two matchups. We will also discuss reactions, injuries, waivers, top performers, and end with some week two awards. Thank you so much for listening. Now let's get started. Okay, and welcome to week two. Bean, how's it going? Going great. It's going great, other than the fact that my team is 0-2 this year, um, and it's not looking very good for me going into week three, but I will be Uh, smiling faces for everybody on the podcast anyway. (laughs) I wouldn't know what it's like to be starting 0-2. I'm uh, undefeated. And we should welcome on, we have a special guest on, Frazier. Hello. I uh, am also (laughs) 0-2. It hurts. We need to take some tips. It hurts. Yeah, my uh, my two losses, my both my arch nemesis. So we're out here. You should play everyone twice though, so you'll you'll get the like. This is like a movie. You're starting the movie where you lose to them. Next is the training montage, and then you're gonna beat them. That's how it works. The whole the whole journey. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It, It it wouldn't be dramatic if not. I should put in here a small disclaimer. We will likely swear a lot more than usual which is not too much at all. We'll try not to swear a ton, but just uh, if that concerns you or you're listening at work or something, maybe uh, note that. Frage, I'm in your, the what's that called? Pool. Survivor pool. The yeah. Survivor pool, yeah. How was the pool this week? Another another bloody week, man. Lots of lots of upsets, lots of last-minute last losses. 55-ish, mm-hmm. 55-ish more people, so. So how many people? It's 182 many? people total. And, and how uh, big is the pot? If everyone comes back next week, we'll be over six, six grand. Canadian, though. So Holy crap, though. Whatever that works out to in freedom units. So, <laughs> so it'll, like, you can buy back in until week five. So people that, like, someone could theoretically lose five weeks, have one team, pay $100, and still be in yeah. the pool. Well, right? week five. If you lose in week five, you're out. Oh, but sure. If you lose so in week four. four, you can buy. Yeah, but you're just yeah, picking man. the winner of one game. Is that how it works? One once a, once a week, winner. No spread, just straight winner. Ties or losses. How many so, people yeah. picked the Bears to lose to the 49ers week one? <laughs> a lot of people, people. A lot of people had thin friend, man. <laughs> yeah, there was a couple of those fucking games. Like ninety-two people made a wrong decision in week one. Yeah, wow. I picked the Broncos, and they got embarrassed to Seattle. And I knew, like, I hate Russell Wilson. I'm just glad I don't need to deal with the Broncos anymore. I'd rather pick these stupid teams early. Last year, I picked safe picks early, and then I think it was like the first week you couldn't buy back in. I lost, and I'm like, I'm not doing that again. I'm just taking yeah, the teams no, I don't want to pick. You yeah. Throw it to the wind the first couple weeks, man. <laughs> yeah. I like Washington and the New York Giants, dude. Mm-hmm. Yeah, get him out of the way. <clears throat> All right. Well, let's move on to just the week of Red Zone. This was another great week of Red Zone. I think it. I didn't get to watch it as much as I did week one, but it started slow, 
but the finish is really delivered. What did you guys think? It was great. Like you just can't get. I mean, if you're gonna invest in red zone, you want weeks like this kind. These kinds of weeks, minus the first hour of red zone last week. Mm-hmm. Uh, I didn't hear of anything any more issues this week. So it's looking like people who invested in sling in the red zone channel, it's working out. Yeah, Definitely mostly it's getting you a lot of football. The amount it, of insane shit that's happening in fourth quarters of football games, like easily it, worth the price of entry. It's cra- it's actually crazy. And I feel like it's crazier recently than it has been. I don't know if that's recency bias, but like last year was pretty nuts. And now this year is continuing. Like we had the Dolphins game, one of the biggest fourth quarter comebacks ever. The Jets game was insane. Detroit, they were just like that game was high scoring they were shooting the lights out and jared goff actually looked incredible the rams almost blew the 28 to 3 lead which would have been hilarious against the falcons i don't know if you guys noticed that it was 28 to 3 and then they started coming back yep. did you see that mm-hmm. oh, i did see that oh boy <laughs> so funny dallas got the game winner the broncos were horrible all of that just led to i thought the afternoon slate was better than the morning but the fourth quarter morning games still were really good it just there weren't very all the good teams were kind of playing prime time, so it kind of left just the stinker teams for red zone, but still turned out. Yeah, your fantasy watchers loved red zone this week. Yes. Okay. Now, I want to do something. This won't be a segment we do every time, but I kind of like to review the news a little bit before we get into just the same old segments that we do. So this will be a simple agree or disagree. I'll, I'll give you just a line, and then you guys can comment and just for the sake of not wanting to step on each other's toes, Bean, why don't you just give yours first, and then you can turn it over to Frazier. That way you guys aren't trying to feel it yep. out. Okay, here's the first one. The Broncos are the worst team in their division. Agree. Like, they just can't. Like, it's like they forgot who they were last year. Like, and Mr. Unlimited is looking extra special <laughs> on, on the Broncos as well. So, I don't know. It, it doesn't look good for them. Um, they just can't put up any real points it seems like i think they are but i don't it doesn't matter unless you're the top two you're not even in the conversation with how that whole conference is shaping up but yeah they're bad dude Mm -hmm. they they need to figure it out because they're not only just like i I know that they won this this week but their loss to seattle is bad that's not going to help them in the breakers i guess thankfully if they can figure it out they don't have division games left i am not so secretly a Russell Wilson hater, so I actually just love to see it because I just think he's completely overrated. But yeah, I, I would agree. I think they're the worst t- team in their division. And I also agree with what you said, Frazier, that it's not enough to, you need to be top two in the AFC. If they were in the NFC, they might be able to squeak in being um, three teams in the same division, but the AFC looks so good, especially with the Dolphins now showing up. Like, it's insane. Yeah, 16 oh. points against two of the bottom feeders of the NFL is just not going to do it for you from an offensive perspective. Like, you're not going to be able to get away with not scoring points against better defenses. So, yeah, they don't figure that out. It's going to be a rough, rough season for Broncos fans who were very hype on their season this year. So, yep. I have a coworker one door down from me that's a Broncos fan, and they look very sad every Monday that we come into work so far. <laughs> Okay, here's the next one. The Bengals are done. They're 0-2. Super Bowl slump. Write them off. I agree. Uh, I would say they aren't doing what they did last year to win those close type of games. And just they're turning the ball over like... I mean, week one, like six turnovers from Joe Burrow. This week wasn't as bad, but still not acceptable for a 
top tier Super Bowl competing type of team. You can't turn the ball over. That's where other teams will get the most points off of you is on those turnovers, and that's what makes you lose games. And it has proven the point. I think I think Joe Burrow might die this year. Like <laughs> he's he's getting beat up. He's like yeah, no bueno. I I agree with that. I think I think the Bengals are good, but you're seeing exactly what happens when you don't have an offensive line. Like he can't even. I'll talk a bit about that when we get to Jamar Chase later. But like. D- Dallas, the only reason they were in that game, it was not Cooper Rush and people all day today being like, oh, Cooper Rush. Look at, like, Cooper Rush did not look good. Their defense was in Burrow's face. He's, like like you said, he's going to die. And coming off that knee surgery, like, two years ago, that would really scare me. So I'm actually a little worried about that. Uh, the next one, the Lions are a playoff team. Disagree. In, in my mind, they, they are going to be playing against just a tough division in itself and kind of like you stated with the AFC if you're not one of the top two in the division you're going to struggle they looked good last week and they looked good this week from an offensive perspective but I don't think it's going to be enough when they start playing their the teams in their division it just seems like they fall off the bicycle and uh, it just doesn't look good and that's kind of how the Lions have lived for the last I don't know 10 years as, as long as I can remember so uh, I don't think they'll continue performing as well as they did. I hope so Devin, from a fantasy standpoint. They keep scoring touchdowns, but uh, I don't think that continues. They haven't had a running game for 20 years either, and they have one, so I don't know. I don't think so, man. Carson Wentz is going to like break his fibula or something. No chance. Kid's fragile. They're not going to make it through. Yeah, I'm looking at the NFC right now, <sighs> and I'm trying to just picture who... So I think just off the top of my head, playoff teams, Packers, Vikings, Eagles, Buccaneers, Saints, Rams, and then it's kind of open. And you could put in the Niners, you could put in the Cardinals, and you could put in the Lions or the Commanders. So that'll be that'll be interesting to see how that shakes out. I'm so I'm so excited to see what happens in San Francisco. With Jimmy G, we'll we'll get to that too. That's that's crazy. Now, we talked about the Lions. Are they a playoff team? How about the Dolphins? Are they the real deal? I think this week was... Well, I would say I agree. I think this week is is a lot of hype. I can't remember. Their offensive performance was outstanding against a secondary that was like next to nothing. So uh, mm. I, is what Tua did great? Yes. He did it against a defense that just realistically isn't going to be another defense that he sees this year. I'm not saying he wouldn't go off, but I don't think you're going to see those types of numbers from the Dolphins game again this year. But I do think that is they are going to be a a competitor in in their division. And I mean, there's look everything looks good. And if you don't recall the Dolphins of a few years ago, like they were a strong team as well. And then uh, the whole situation with their head coach, I think, is Brian Flores. Yeah, Brian Flores. And him and him not tanking for the number for, for the first pick and that whole ordeal. Like I think that team would be even better than they are now if that stuff doesn't happen. So, mm-hmm. but I think they are the real deal. I do. I'm not sold quite yet but it was damn fun to watch that's for sure Dude, that was those like guys are, those guys are so fast man yeah you have Oof. three of the fastest people in the nfl on the field like mo- with mostert playing the game like mostert yeah. hill and waddle are like three of the top five fastest people it's like it looked like madden ultimate team they're just like run straight 
and they just did that the whole game. Yeah. It was awesome. All right, here's our last one. All right, this being this one's particularly for you. R E L A X, relax. The Packers have righted the ship. All is all is good with the world. They will win the Super Bowl. Don't worry. Exactly. What do you think, Bean? I, I disagree. I think their offense still doesn't look up to par. I, I think it'll get there, but I don't think we're at the same point where relax was used the last time. <laughs> they still have a lot of kinks they need to iron out of their offense before anything gets like gets better. But I mean, they beat a team that they should have beaten at home. So, but I wasn't all that impressed. It's the only game I really watched this week. So they could have done better. But and how about the, the Bears, Bears fan? Bears fan, what do you have to say? Not much. I'll tell you, the guy was gonna whoop us, but I don't know. We'll see what we'll see what happens, man. They 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 do look a little a little shaky. No one's really stepping up, and I, that's gonna happen. I'm waiting for like there'll be like Monday night or Thursday night football. I love how whenever Rogers throws a pass that isn't caught, they like they cut camera to show him. I'm waiting for <laughs> on prime time, like. Christian Watson's going to have one like go off his ring finger and like he should have caught it and Rodgers is going to actually get violent and like punch someone like I'm waiting for that that's going to be prime yeah. television right there There's that is one. one thing that is just a hundred percent unnecessary like how many times they cut to his face Always. after like an incomplete pass I'm just like why do they keep doing that <laughs> like it just looks ridiculous but I mean what do you do he, likes he looks to be like such a creep. Oh man! All right, I, I, we could we could spend the whole hour talking about how creepy Rogers is, but let's move on to our segments. Notes. The Chargers have gotten a lot of hot fixes over the last couple seasons, but they are still unable to close out close games. They might be one of the most bugged teams uh, in the NFL right now. Herbert looks great, but. The Chargers can stick with anybody, but they cannot finish it. Did you guys watch that game? Uh, yes, Thursday I, night. I watched a good chunk of the Thursday night game. It was, yeah, interesting. The Chiefs didn't look like the team that we saw week one, but they still found a way to win, and that's what your championship teams do, and that's mm -hmm. not what the Chargers did. <laughs> did you see uh, why he threw the – did you see why he threw the pick six? No, I did not. So, before, like – the, to set up that that play that was the pick six, there was like a huge play to Gerald Everett. I think he ran like forty yards. He's a tight end. It was awesome. He Gerald Everett looks really good, except for the, this next part. But other than that, he so he's just completely gassed after that. He looks to the sideline and he's like, "I need to get out. Like I need to get out." <laughs> and they just tell him no. They're like, "Stay on the field." They're waving him back. He lines up. And then he runs around. Herbert throws it to him. He's completely gassed. He can't catch it. It just sails over him and gets picked. So if he would have came out, it would have been fine. It was just completely Everett's fault. Oh, I was. God. It was so funny. It was just like you could see his face. He's just. He's just dead. <laughs> yeah, that's unfortunate. And I mean, poor coaching squad there. So what do you do? Yeah, I don't know why they were hurrying up, but. Um, the next thing is the Steelers were nerfed last week with Watt getting hurt, and it seems to be working as intended because they had zero sacks against the Patriots. They were not exciting to watch on offense or defense, and it really takes away any big play that they have. Like they just look like a six and eleven. They're like they're gonna gut out some wins because it's a well coached team, but it's kind of sad because they're just gonna be a boring team to watch for the rest of the year without Watt. I think. Yeah, it's just they're they're just 
they don't have that explosiveness. You can tell Watt was one of the leaders in the team, and without him in there, there's just less of a fire on their defense. And, I mean, teams feed off of that from an offense-to-defense perspective as well. Mm -hmm. And, yeah, I mean, not scoring a touchdown until the fourth quarter is not going to do you good against any team in the NFL, even if they are a team that's coached by Bill Belichick. Um, you're just, it's not going to get you there. Are you telling me that Mitch Trubisky doesn't bring the fire? Not this week. He didn't. He does. He doesn't <laughs> bring the fire. <laughs> I was going to ask yeah, what you Bears thought of Trubisky. Yeah, yeah. Did you like yeah. him or were you glad he's gone? No, nah, I think, uh, I think it's good that we've moved on. Good, the best thing about rooms. Trubisky, the best thing about Trubisky is his Twitter from like 12 years ago where he's like, I love kissing titties. That's the best thing that Trubisky ever did. <laughs> That's the one thing I remember about the guy as well. Got to kiss those, kiss those titties. That's what it's all about. <laughs> the Browns are still just the Browns incredibly bugged. They once again find a way to rescue defeat from the jaws of victory. Did you guys see the end of that game, how they, they should have won but didn't? Yeah, Nick Chubb not taking a slaying, like laying down in bounds <laughs> to mm -hmm. run the clock out. Which is funny then... because people always get mad about that. Like Todd Gurley did that twice a couple of years ago. Fall down, let the clock run out. Because the things that need to happen for it to not, you know, for to it make it a good player so unrealistic, but it still could happen. Of course, the Browns show how it could happen. It's like missed extra point, give the ball back, give up a touchdown right away, lose the onside, and then give up a touchdown and lose the game or whatever. Just insane. It's like the Browns have a curse on them or something for taking Deshaun Watson. I think they've had a curse a lot longer than that. But yeah, I I, I don't think they're getting any favors. They don't from do that. anything to help themselves. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> I, I know Argie appreciated the third touchdown, though, so that's nice. We already talked a bit about it, but I'll, I'll bash the Broncos a little more. They're underperforming despite getting massive buffs uh, in the offseason. And it's the perfect example of, like, <laughs> to use a wow expression, bring the player, not the class. You can have a super team, but, like, Nathaniel Hackett is not hacking it. Would you guys agree? I would agree. Uh, it's just he's showing the young co head coach type of perspective at the moment he hasn't done it he he the reason that he left green bay is because he wasn't the play caller uh and he is now the play caller and it's just showing that there's a reason why matt lafleur was the play caller and he didn't just hand him off to somebody you mm. definitely can see as a packers fan who watched some of those games with the broncos you can tell pieces of the offense that the broncos had last year are a part of the broncos this year but it's just not performing as well as they would have liked, uh, and it's definitely showing. We'll have to see. I do think that I do think the Broncos will get better because it's just good teams find a way. But it just reminds me of like it had to be like ten years ago. Now it was when Michael Vick had that good season for the Eagles. He's come back as a starter, and they got a bunch of free agents. And Deshaun Watson said that they were a super team. That's what it reminds me of. Just falling on their face now. I'm kind of enjoying it. The Cowboys got nerfed, but it actually led them to a new BIS build with Cooper Rush and uh, Pollard as his new security blanket. Do you From see what the Cowboys? I've heard, yeah, new Super Bowl favorites with Rush at the helm. Hundred percent. When he takes the field, he is definitely um, one of the players on the offense. So that is notable. <laughs> God, they yeah. Oh boy, little Cowboys fan aside. 
I, I wasn't the, even uh, happy when they won. I was just like, I don't even know how to... F- like, of course they win this game. Mike McCarthy has to save his job somehow. Like, no matter what, well, I'm just... What's the conspiracy theory? Everyone wants this guy gone and Sean Payton to come aboard? Yeah, that that's that's what I want to happen. Yeah, I, I want him to be... Oh, I Dan Quinn needs to stop coaching the defense so well, too, because he's going to get the job, not Sean Payton. We want Sean Payton come home on sean payton dallas cowboys 2023 yep super bowl super bowl just one guy just like that Mm -hmm. he uh he'll put a bounty on everybody and we'll win the super bowl okay i forgot yeah (laughs) yeah, yeah. all right the the last one was just kind of a like a speed run challenger and a personal achievement tom brady uh beats the saints this week by just not using any of his main wide receivers, and I think he was playing blindfolded. I don't understand how they won that game at all, especially watching it. It didn't look like they were winning at any point, and then they won fourth yeah, quarter. Yeah, it was one fourth quarter of football, man. That's the quarter you got to tune into. Jameis Winston must have been having pain everywhere or something. Yeah, it's pain everywhere. <laughs> Did no, you I mean, see did you see what was wrong with him? He has like four like dislocated ribs or something. So, damn. Like he's that's like that's actually crazy to play through. Four connected ribs are all like displaced or something and he just he's just in constant pain. So, I mean, fun. he's he may be kind of dumb, but he's also really tough and he's actually pretty good. So, I definitely agree. But yeah, that was just it's it's the Tom Brady teams that I feel like have happened in the past. Like some some games, just he doesn't have to do a whole lot. He does enough to get them a win, and I mean the defense will sometimes carry his team in some ways as well to help him to be successful. So that's I feel like the Patriots of the last ten years type of thing that was mm-hmm. kind of going on in that game definitely felt like the Patriots. Yeah, their defense is sneaky good too, especially their front mm-hmm. seven. Yep. Okay. Let's move on. Uh, let's move on to the next one. Balance changes. Okay, notable injuries that we should look out for. This isn't an injury, but Mike Evans, Bucks wide receiver, he ended up getting suspended for one game for fighting Marshawn Lattimore, which is just a hilarious thing to say. They're in a bad way with the receivers now. Godwin's probably out. Julio's Julio, so you never know what's going on with him. He's probably going to be a game dive game time decision all you know the rest of the season Evans is out I do think that Russell Gage is worth a look this week and possibly Brashad Perryman I think is he back with the Bucks? I thought I saw him out there but I, I didn't actually check it do you guys know that I am not familiar with the Bucks number four wide receiver <laughs> <laughs> the only reason his name Maybe stands five, out actually no, we're, yeah we're going deep down the depth charts here yeah the only reason Brashad on Perryman though. I got yeah. Benched. Yeah, and you and you're the Evans owner, so that works out good. Yeah, you know, plug and play right there. The only reason Brashad Perriman stands out to me is the year before Tom Brady came, Jameis Winston was quarterback. That was the year where he threw like 40 touchdowns and 30 interceptions or whatever. It's just crazy. Um, they were like completely out of receivers, just like this. And Brashad Perriman in the it was the fantasy playoffs. He had like three weeks where he just went off, and then he got signed somewhere. He's been bad. And I think he's back now. But the only reason I bring that up is because he could be a sneaky... I, I don't know if anybody does daily fantasy, but he might be a sneaky daily fantasy play. And if you're really needing a wide receiver, because we do have that extra wide receiver slot, and trying to find waivers for wide receivers is pretty tough. If you really need somebody this week, Perryman might be uh, a 
a sneaky go-to. I don't have him on the waivers section, but you can put a pin in that if you want. Um, Watch out for the Paris Campbell effect, though. What's that? The Paris Campbell was that sneaky guy to insert into your daily fantasy lineups this week, and he put up a goose egg. So. Well, yeah. I mean, that's why they're sneaky. They're cheap. Yeah, it, it is what it is. And Jameis Winston just, man, that year was awesome to watch because he would just, you never knew it was going to happen. He'd launch the ball down the field like every play and it'd either be a pick a pick six or a touchdown. It was it was unbelievable. Yep. Oh, I remember. <laughs> and then, the, not to go on too long about it, but that was also the off season where he got LASIK eye surgery and then he was supposed <laughs> to just be amazing. <laughs> um Okay, uh, after Mike Evans, we have James Conner, the Cardinals running back. He left the game with a typical James Conner kind of thing. Um, he just gets banged up a lot. He has an ankle injury. The quotes that I were, was reading was that it's not considered serious, um, but if you have him, you might want to monitor. I can't remember who has him, but he, he could miss a week, but he'll probably be out there, I think. He usually plays even though he's banged up. He's just kind of scary to own because he goes out of games pretty... Like, if he has something wrong, he goes out of the game instantly. So, something to watch. Devin DuVernay, the Ravens wide receiver, is in concussion protocol. I I can't remember if somebody picked him up or not, but he was the guy that returned the opening kickoff return on red zone for a touchdown. People might be interested in him, so just like last week um, with T. Higgins monitoring status, it's always hard to say, but... Thursday is usually the day to look at. Jerry Judy, the Broncos wide receiver, injured his shoulder. I saw, Well, I saw one report was shoulder, and then the other report was his chest sternum, so I have no idea. But he didn't return to the game, but he seems fine. He's day-to-day. I'm guessing he just, you know, got hit really hard and the breath was taken out of him or something. It's weird he didn't come back, but it, everything seems like he should be good for week three. Dalton Schultz, the Cowboys tight end, he left the game with a knee injury. What I've been reading is that it's a PCL issue, and it seems to be the same thing that Zeke had last year. And if you guys remember last year, Zeke did play with that, but it was really noticeable and was not great for Zeke. It's unknown if Schultz is going to miss time, but if he plays, it'll probably bug him. And with Cooper Rush out there this week, Schultz did not look good because he wasn't the security blanket like he is for Dak. Uh, Cooper Rush uses Tony Pollard, which is a bump for Pollard. I hear Bridget back there, Bean. Is Bean getting yelled at right now? No. Uh, I think Bean's kids, kids are getting yelled at. <laughs> yeah, they sure are. <laughs> and then the last big injury was uh, Trey Lance, the 49ers QB from NDSU. Um, sadly out for the season with a broken ankle. We don't get to see what he could have done. Not even really enough. Like He had a really rainy game and then this game, and he got an air cast on the field. But... Now Jimmy G's back out there. He gets to look beautiful. I bet he's going to ball out, and he's going to get paid in the offseason now. Speaking of balled out, man, he got paid for that football game. Got like 350k in bonuses. Did he? Oh yeah, he got uh playing more than 25% of a game and winning a game bonus. There's two of them. Total Damn. 350 packs, bro. Yeah. Does he get that every game? I'm if so, I'll... fucking congratulations Jimmy G. <laughs> no kidding. No I'll... kidding. Oh, well, yeah. I'll look into that for next week and see what we'll do Jimmy G watch on here and we'll see. Oh yeah. Um <laughs> Because that's guys, true, let's keep a tally going every week. Update it. No kidding. Get a meter. Holy like, holy, yeah. <laughs> the, I don't know. The Niners. They made the NFC Championship last year, and they're Jimmy G can get it done. 
they just couldn't trade him. So yeah, it it kind of sucks because it's like best case scenario for the Niners for everybody really except for Trey Lance. So I really hope Trey Lance is good. I I really like him, but that just sucks. Him and Wentz, their second year they get hurt. It's rough. Yeah, well, Carson Wentz. Look, it was bad after that. So mm-hmm. other guys to monitor this <clears throat> week that are still on the injury report. You just want to look at Keenan Allen. Najee Harris, Chris Godwin, Julio Jones. There's a lot more, but those are all guys that should hopefully, maybe aside from Godwin, be back this week. Um, But just make sure to be checking player status and player news on Sleeper, especially on Saturday night, Sunday morning. I think Sleeper this year has done a way better job of alerting you when statuses change. At least I've noticed that. But we saw Saturday night, Sunday morning, there were players that were like almost assuredly going to play and didn't play. Like Alvin Kamara was one. So keep an eye on that. Anything else about injuries from you guys? I would say something about the alerts from Sleeper, but I'm yeah. sick of getting woken up in the middle of the night due via news alerts from Sleeper. So I'm just going to keep my mouth shut on those for now. Russ, you just silence turn, your you phone. Just turn them off. Well, you just turn them I can silence my phone for work reasons. <laughs> oh my God, this man. The CEO. All right. Fair enough. All right. Let's move on. Top parses. Bean, while I'm reading these, you need to vet the games for tonight just to make sure that no one's over these. But uh, the top parses this week, quarterback was Lamar Jackson with 41 points. Uh, Maycorn had him. He absolutely popped off. And like half of his points were from rushing. And then in second place was Tua, who had 39 points, and Maycorn also has Tua. So thank God this isn't super flex, because we would have all got absolutely crushed. Any quarterbacks over that today? No, nobody's over that. Jalen Hurts had good numbers, but I I don't think that's going to change really too much. For running back was Nick Chubb with 31, uh, owned by Argy. Aaron Jones was the next with... 30.5 30.5 so Aaron Jones and Chubb popped off and then third place was 18 from Tony Pollard so this week was really kind of a slow week for running backs and highlights why the first like six picks of our draft were running backs it's just so hard to find consistent ones that can put up points the way running backs do like huge games and if they don't have huge games it's like 10 for all of them because they just didn't get touchdowns for wide receiver Diggs actually passed Tyreek Hill Amon Ross St. Brown and Jalen Waddle tonight he had 38.8 which is absolutely bonkers and that that's literally because Gabe Davis was out tonight I think so the Bills look absolutely just like we said last week unstoppable like they don't have Gabe Davis who's their touchdown guy and then Diggs just steps up and has three touchdowns I I don't even know anymore they're gonna be exciting to watch all year. I was talking to Bean before uh, before we came on. Like, not in my like current memory have I ever seen a Buffalo Bills team like this. Man, this, this is from no, the, the days of old. This is cool. Yeah, this is like the K Gun, like Jim Kelly offense. Kind of like it harkens back to that. Jim Kelly even ran the ball some too, so it's pretty cool. I who like is there anybody that doesn't like want the Bills to do well? I mean, I, unless you're a fan of a division, like. I'm a Cowboys fan, so whatever. Like I, when I watch the Bills, I have a lot of fun. I, I have no ill will against them. Do you guys I'm feel the that same way? way? Maybe it's just because from where I am geographically, but it blows my mind how many people are Buffalo Bills fans. Like they're well, everywhere. Yeah, that makes sense. Would the Bills probably be the most easily the closest Canadian? Yeah. 
Well, they used to play games in Toronto. They had a streak of like once a year for like four or five years. They played one of their home games in Toronto. Oh, man, they got to bring that back. That's perfect for a city like Buffalo, too, because that's not really a that's not a Chicago, Los Angeles, New York city. It's like very random, similar to the Packers. Buffalo. Yeah, for sure. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. The top tight end this week was Mark Andrews. He had 21.2 points. Darren Waller had the second most with 14. Rules has Andrews, and Fraze, you have Waller, I believe, right? I don't have Waller, no. Oh, you have Kittle. Yeah, you were between Kittle and Waller, my bad. Um, Honestly, this this segment each week, it's literally going to be Kelsey, Andrews, or Waller. Like, I would say 75% of the weeks, and then it'll be, like, some random dude, like... Mike is sicky or something because he had three touchdowns on three catches. Tight end is just so shallow always. It's it's nuts. And then the top rookie was Garrett Wilson, also on Maycorn's team, and he had 26 points. Do you guys think is starting Garrett Wilson next week? Is that chasing points or is he a legit starter with Eli Moore kind of struggling? Out of the news realms, everybody and everybody is saying that he's the next Justin or Justin Jefferson. So I mean, people are pretty living pretty hype on him, and it seemed like he looked pretty good this week. So I don't know. So I'll I'll ride the wave and say, yeah, I think it's definitely a a start worthy type of wide receiver two, wide receiver three, especially in our league. We have three wide receiver starts. He's yeah. very capable. That's what I was going to say. It's like, I I don't know who you start over him when you're starting maybe four wide receivers with the flex. So that that's good to see. Garrett Wilson was also probably the best, least hyped receiver, if that makes sense. It was like he was just kind of... He was the best receiver in the class, but he he wasn't sexy and kind of that idea when someone's really good, you kind of forget how good they are and you want to talk about everybody else. That's what happened to Garrett Wilson. Our highest scorer for the league currently is Zorbis with 140 and then I'm right behind him with 138 so we'll get those parses from Mike tomorrow I'm sure so that'll be cool anything else to say about top scorers guys gapping people Uh, this week the top scorers yeah and that'll come that'll come up for tiebreakers later but still long season so can still make it up all right let's move on to the recaps league game recap First game I have is Cal versus Devastator. And instead of going through the teams as thoroughly as we did last time, we're just going to try to note the big things that we saw to make it a little faster. So for my team, the things that I saw, Mike Williams and Tyreek Hill absolutely popped off and showed kind of what I was saying. I can see my receivers combined scoring like five points or scoring like 80 because they're just big play dudes. And on weeks like this, it feels really good to have them and you feel unstoppable. And then both Eckler and Javante looked really good, even though, again, they didn't get touchdowns, uh, but they get so much work in the receiving game. Eckler had 10 targets, 9 receptions, and then Javante had 15 carries. He was targeted four times. It wasn't really a game script where they're throwing the ball to the running back, but those running backs um, are both looking good. And then the thing that scared me a little bit was Henderson looked like the RB1 for the Rams during week one, and now in week two, Akers had 15 carries. Henderson just got away with having the touchdown, so not really sure what I'm going to do with him. For Devastator, he we got to see Cortland Sutton kind of show up like he was supposed to. He had a big game, 11 targets. Dalton Schultz, like I said before, huge downgrade with Cooper Rush. I don't even think I could start him next week with the injury thing and the 
the way Cooper Rush is playing. I don't know if he's droppable, so Devastator's kind of in a rough spot there. And then other than that, I haven't heard news about A.J. Brown, but I saw he was in the medical tent. I think he came back, um, but I'm not sure. I'll have to look, but I think Devastator's team is still strong. He starts out 1-1, and yeah, that's all I got to say about that game. The next game we had was Mike versus Zorbus, and Zorbus absolutely destroyed Mike after Mike destroyed everybody last week. On Mike's team, it was basically just his big players were somewhat contained, but they still showed good high floor. And honestly, I'd rather lose I'd rather lose by getting blown out when my players have weeks like this than have it be close if I'm gonna lose. Like Barkley still looked good. He had twenty one carries, he had four targets. He might be the top running back on the year, the way the Colts are kinda looking. So we'll have to watch that. What do you guys think about Clyde Edwards Hilaire because he had another good week he had 14 points but he only had 12 touches he had eight carries McKinnon and Pachenko taking carries away Bean what do you think about Clyde um I mean he still looks like the number one there I think I mean Pachenko had literal he had two carries yeah I think the whole last week's blowout win was just the reason why Pachenko saw more play so it makes people feel better. However, Jarek McKinnon did look pretty good as well and saw that receiving touchdown that kind of inflated his numbers a bit. But I still think CH is still your go-forward guy. That's definitely a wide or a running back to going next, going into next week. Yeah, you have to keep starting them. And honestly, the eye test, watching Clyde run or whatever, he looked good. Like, he, mm-hmm. he, he didn't look like... I kind of maybe thought he would where he just kind of like he's out there. He's getting when he had the ball, he was lighting people up, like putting his shoulder down and stuff. So I just think it's just tough with the Chiefs have so many weapons to trust him. But running backs are hard to find. I don't know how you don't start him this week unless you have a really deep bench. Similarly, other underperformers for Mike were uh, Rashad Penny. Kyle Pitts had his second two point week Uh, being. Are you worried about? I know you were a big Penny guy. Are you worried about either of these, Penny or Pitts? Uh, I mean, game plan for Penny is a little bit concerning. I don't think there was, like, there was just, their offense didn't wasn't doing anything in Seattle, like, and they just couldn't run the ball. They, didn't, they were down too much against San Francisco. They needed to get something rolling in the passing game, and it just it was throw away the running game and wish for the best, basically, for Seattle. I think it'll be fine. We'll have to wait and see. Kyle Pitts, I mean, you can't, he's one of those guys, the Falcons, it's kind of surprising he only saw three targets, but Mm -hmm. it's one of those things where he's one of those guys that can turn into like it was last year where he just lights on fire and they don't stop throwing him the ball. Obviously, he's got a new quarterback throwing him the ball this year, so I think it'll come with some time, but I mean, he hasn't looked great either. It's it's unfortunate, but I think still Pitts is going to be a fine starter going the rest of the season a very hit and miss at tight ends this year and i think that's how it's going to be all year long i agree i i think Mariota's serviceable and i think if desmond ritter comes in at some point which i think he probably will rookies typically hyper target tight ends so you just gotta roll pits out there and hope you're not really too far behind with other people's tight ends anyway because really it's you know kelsey andrews and then maybe waller maybe kittle so 
Um, for Zorbis's team, he had the highest score of the week at 140, and he's got some. He had some strong plays this week. Herbert had a great game. A little concerning about his injury with his ribs. You'll have to watch it, but he was able to go out there and still play. Watching him was absolutely insane. He had a play on third down where he could have ran like a yard for the first down, and he just threw the ball away because he was in so much pain. Then it's fourth and one. He just throws an absolute dime, um, like for a touchdown. Yep. It was it was crazy. James Robinson looks like the value of the draft. He had twenty three carries, just an absolute bell cow for them. Just doing what he always does. The only concern for Robinson is he doesn't really get receptions, but twenty three carries and a touchdown. Like the Jets, or sorry, not the Jets. The Jags actually look somewhat competitive this year. ETN just can't really get into that workload as much as people would want him to. And then finally, Diggs went absolutely nuts with Gabe Davis out. Keep watching. I mean, you're starting Diggs no matter what, but with Davis out, that just increases Diggs' ceiling so much. Yeah, Higgins was great. Even A.J. Dillon, he had 18 carries in a game where Aaron Jones um, went nuclear. Uh, A.J. Dillon's a start every week, and then, yeah. Zorbis has a scary team, a lot of consistent players. The last thing I'll say about it is I think Curtis Samuel is a legit every week starter especially with three wide receivers he has a super high floor he had nine targets this week with terry mclaurin and dotson out there so i curtis samuel's a good value as well so this team looks scary and t higgins coming back and performing after being a question mark with concussion protocol was very surprising and i mean james robinson kind of like what i said in our first or the second the second podcast he's they're just not going to give travis Etienne the rock just because he's the rookie they're going to let james mm-hmm. robinson run himself into the ground before they have to hand the ball off to ttn but 100 we'll have to see Bean, go ahead and take us through philly yeah. roost jelly really starting off with kind of somebody you talked about a little bit already aaron jones looked like the back to own this week i think that's going to swap between aj Dillon and aaron jones every week the game plan definitely was a lot more check down type of passes to wide res- or to their to their running backs jones just he excels in open field that's something that you're going to expect out of him every week uh and it didn't change this week with that so packers are throwing the ball to jones they're probably going to be successful but we'll have to see if that continues through the rest of the year uh the waddle also on Philly's team just that combination between Hill, Waddle, and Tua is just, it looks unstoppable. Like, they're so fast streaking down the field. Like, I don't know what is going to happen there, but the Dolphins can definitely ride that out a lot the rest of the season. Hill just creates more open opportunities for Waddle, and I think he's going to be a strong fantasy play with that type of matchup, those types of matchups happening. And then Dotson was kind of a a surprising, Jahan Dotson for the Washington Commanders, another surprising week. Didn't see like any huge numbers for throws or targets, but got another touchdown. I think he had three or four receptions for a, a good solid number. So it's kind of scary for scary Terry owners, but they seems like they have a number two coming out of Washington commanders and another solid week for Carson Wentz from a fantasy standpoint. So if you're streaming mm-hmm. him this week, you're, you're sitting in a pretty good place. Yeah. And he doesn't, he doesn't even look that good when you watch him. He's still Carson Wentz. Mm-hmm. Like sometimes he just like turns around, sees the defense, like falls on the ground and flails around. But for fantasy numbers, it's working out. So I, I mean, I think you, Especially with some quarterbacks going down this week, Wentz is someone to look at. Yeah, and then I know 
Purley also has somebody going in the game tonight, but the Vikings offense does not look like anything any everybody was hyping it up to be. So it seems like that second half drought has kind of laid into this this game as well, which is not looking good for Dalvin Cook owners. He's only seen five or six carries today. So I don't think that's I think that's something they'll figure out. Once again, new coach in there, the offense will kind of get itself under its feet, I think, and get better. But it's not a strong week to be a Dalvin Cook owner, but really still was able to take the win over Jelly this week. And then from Jelly's team, biggest things, Colts just looked like without Pittman, they just looked like a really poor, poor offense. One of probably the worst offenses in in the league, and that's saying a lot with somebody like Jonathan Taylor on your team, but he... It's a big oof, man. (laughs) If they're going to be that bad offensively, you can't even look at Jonathan Taylor to perform that well because they just can't hand him off the ball that many times and succeed. They're going to stack the box, and he's going to just not see solid weeks, and they're going to have to throw the ball a lot more. And when they don't score a touchdown against Jacksonville, who isn't supposed to be a solid off like defensive team, like, I don't know, it's you're in a big question mark if you're owning any of the Colts players currently. And me starting Matt Ryan two weeks in a row, I'm definitely regretting those decisions. I feel but like the Colts think, always start slow. And I think part of that is because they have, what are they in their fourth straight year of a new quarterback? It was like Andrew Luck, then it was Jacoby Brissett, the, or no, maybe it's fifth because it was Jacoby Brissett, Phillip Rivers, Carson Wentz, and now matt ryan like i feel like they always start slow under frank reich and then after about the sixth game they they start charging back so that's something i mean it sounds kind of funny but something maybe to watch it just might take them a while to get their you know stuff sorted i don't know yeah and that's i mean from what i recall last year that definitely was kind of what happened in the last few years in reality and that's probably pretty normal especially with teams not playing a lot of preseason with their starters yeah like it's just kind of showing in their offensive performances this these first few weeks maybe that'll stabilize you hope that it does if you're the colts they're supposed to have a good offensive line but obviously it didn't hold very true a couple other highlights so amari cooper very poor performance last week came back super strong this week 10 targets nine receptions 101 yards and a touchdown like strong numbers that you want to see out of somebody like cooper and i mean unfortunately they did lose the game but it still is a solid fantasy performance surprising number dj chart who had a pretty decent week last week only four targets with zero receptions a big old goose egg on on your team this week which is kind of surprising with his performance of last week and especially with how many points the lions scored this week it's just surprising to see that there was zero production coming out of that so a little concern for dj chart owners going forward and then the last thing i'll talk a little bit about aaron Rodgers because i have to talk about aaron Rodgers because he's quarterback of my favorite team i don't think he's going and cal said it last week aaron Rodgers looks like a streaming quarterback and i think it's going to continue he's throwing a lot of checkdowns there isn't a lot of downfield action for a lot of plays you, you'll see one or two connections maybe and maybe that gets better but i i don't think he's going to be this high high scoring type of quarterback come this fantasy season just because they don't have the monsters the monster like Devonte adams was to be able to catch the ball downfield and make a play um we'll see if that changes but it's just he does still look like a streaming quarterback type of option going into next week all right and that is all i had for the freely jelly matchup that freely took 
Do you want to take us to your game versus Alex? Huge matchup. Yeah, huge matchup. I can definitely <coughs> jump us into that a little bit. So I kind of like I stated earlier, I started Matt Ryan and I regretted every bit of it. Him scoring me negative points this week. What did you write down on the notepad about <laughs> Matt Ryan? I didn't what write that down. Uh, <laughs> oh, okay. Matt Ryan is a shitter. Is our notes <laughs> on Matt Ryan? <laughs> yes. And would you say that's accurate was, analysis, Bean? That's a very accurate analysis. It's <laughs> um, watching them is it's almost like uncomfortable. Like it's so bad. It's Matt ugh. Ryan is just an awkward looking dude. Yeah. Always, he's like very, weirdly proportioned. Like he looks like a little kid, even though he's like almost forty. It's very odd. And then his face, he kind of looks like he's going to cry a lot. I, yeah, it's hard to watch. I agree. Awkward is an excellent word to use. Yes, and uh, that has killed me now in both games this season in the Azeroth Football League and in multiple other fantasy leagues, uh, not just <laughs> this league. So uh, really? I am I am hurting in basically every league that I'm in this year because of Matt Ryan's performance in week one, week two. So... I will not be starting him come next next week. Hang, uh, hanging your hat on Matty Ice, eh? Yeah, not anymore. And, not anymore, exactly. Uh, <laughs> but some highlights from from Bean Squad. Uh, Swift looks strong again. I mean, they didn't. He didn't get. He got one touchdown, but he still looks like the top running back. Like he's just like, super explosive. Only had five carries. They were playing from behind, and it's just. Uh, a solid week for him from a performance standpoint with with Swift for me. Other than that, Kareem Hunt didn't see any of the love that Nick Chubb got him, got all the touchdowns. So with his performance obviously not looking as great without any of those touchdowns, but he still was a productive portion of the offense. So it'll be a, a solid week. Surprising, big surprising thing was Allen Robinson uh, came back strong, got a couple catches right away, and it really seemed like he was a stronger wide receiver this week just kind of proves that the bills defense was literally just not giving any options to matt or matt stafford when it came to the throwing to his two or three options and i think that is going to be kind of back from his poor performance week one and then on to alex's team who performed not much better than me but still better than me mm -hmm. uh russell wilson his quarterback one, he beat you <laughs> yeah he still did Russell Wilson, just the, the Broncos offense is just not clicking on all cylinders. We talked a little bit about that earlier. Nathaniel Hackett's offense and play calling, I think, is just not there yet. I think it'll get better throughout the throughout the season, but it hasn't looked great coming into this up to this week. Um, hopefully it starts getting better, especially against some poor teams like they played with Houston and Seattle. So uh, you hope it gets better. You just don't really know. James Conner. Um, we talked a little bit about already with his injury, so I have to kind of play that by ear and see where we go from that standpoint. Gibson uh, was, he, he got 14 carries, looked strong from their offensive standpoint. Uh, he still looks like the number one guy in that offense, so the concerns with him, I guess, not being the catching back are, are not as concerning anymore. I did not see J.D. McKissick's numbers, but I don't think he had... He had seven targets with seven receptions, so that's a little bit concerning for your for your running back owner, but he's still really solid from that standpoint, and I think he's an every-week starter for an RB2 flex type of option. So uh, strong performance there. And then, I mean, the scary parts about, about Gill's team, 
or Alex's team is the matchup with Cooper Cup and Devontae Adams. Devontae Adams came back looking human, only two receptions for 12 yards, but a touchdown saved really poor numbers. And then Cooper Cup continuing on with a strong performance on this week, like 14 targets, 11 receptions, 108 yards, and two touchdowns. Like, yeah. you, you can't deny that he's probably going to be the number one wide receiver if he stays healthy. So, two, he might break two his weeks own in a row, this guy's fucking yeah. carrying Alex's team, man. Yep, it's crazy. Did you guys see Devontae Adams' touchdown celebration? I did not. I did not. He caught, like, a quick slant, and while he was running, he, like, jumped up did the football between the legs and like was going to do a dunk over the goalposts, but it's a penalty to do that now. So he just like did, but he jumped like he could have dumped on dunked on a 12 foot rim. Like he, he jumped so high. It was awesome. And then he did nothing the rest of the game, but yeah, he should have got like an extra two points just for that, that celebration alone. All right, let's move to the next game. We had, we had Maycorn versus Fraz and Fraz. Oof. I might, I might, I'm going to talk about Maycorn's team, and then I'm going to turn it over to you to talk about your team. So I'll give you just a couple minutes to prep for that while I talk about Maycorn's team. So Maycorn oh, absolutely demolished you. It, it got a little closer at the end, but we it, the, the final score does not truly show the journey that happened on Sunday, which was you just getting absolutely stomped right from the get-go. So absolutely. Jam- Lamar is going to get paid. Like, this, he's... Oof. He's putting all the chips on himself, and he, I mean, I think people would say, like, yeah, but they lost, but he did not, it's not his fault they lost, and that, this score is why he's so good for fantasy, like, 18 points just from running the ball, he had over 100 yards rushing, he had a touchdown, he just takes over when they're in the red zone from, like, five yards out, he, like, he's gonna score no matter what. Maycorn's team also looks a little better now with Pollard, has a lot more value, Cowboys are going to have negative game scripts. Cooper Rush loves throwing to uh, Pollard. And Pollard's very explosive. So um, I actually like starting Pollard now after seeing that from him this week. And then Jamar Chase had a kind of a horrible game for him, but he still did okay. He had a super high floor. The only concern I have for Jamar Chase moving forward is the same concern we have for Joe Burrow, which is that the O-line cannot keep Burrow on his feet. They're not giving him time. And Jamar Chase is a big play guy. And if he's got to be this underneath seven catches for 50 yards receiver, it just really caps his ceiling. They need him to run free and and have those big scores. So, Frazier, do you have any analysis or even like a Herb Brooks-esque pep talk for your team? I got a lot of of heartbreak out there, you know what I mean? (laughs) A couple of the big picks just aren't producing producing the numbers you'd hope, and uh, it's rough. It's rough. Lost to Alex the first week, now fucking Maycorn. Yeah. Oof. I, Oof. I think it gets better. Derrick Henry kind of started with a brutal schedule. I think he'll he will get better as the year goes on, and he gets better with colder weather too, um, just because the ball gets ran more and teams get tired as the season goes on. So if I mean, as long as he stays healthy, I think he'll look good. Stafford looks fine. Uh, you're not going to get a better streamer than him, but he's not giving you the upside you want. Mike Thomas, I think, was worth the pick. He looks great. Juju yeah, both games done. he's had uh, both games he's had a touchdown so far. Pretty yeah, sure, so. he's returning to form. I think um, Juju not returning to form, but you have some depth there. Russell Gage, I think, like we said before, nice film for Evans. 
I think there's hope on the horizon. You you just need to look on the third day and see if like Gandalf will be riding over that hill. You yeah, know what I'm saying? Oh, we need the Rohirrim big time right now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> then your our last Zeke game. Is, your boy Zeke is letting me down out there too. Man. Blame Mike McCarthy. Blame Kellen Moore with his little kid face. God, fuck. So- that's one question I'll ask a Cowboys fan. What is yeah. like? What is does does the offensive game script just not include Zeke like they said it was going to now? <laughs> I like honestly he think looked, he hasn't looked bad from running. I, I didn't watch much of the game, but he still is averaging better than your poor like running back numbers. I just don't get it. But yeah, I mean, have you guys ever seen those kid toys where it's like a arrow? And you pull the string or the lever, and it spins, and it'll land on like an animal and make the noise. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure that Kellen Moore has his play sheet like that, and he just pulls the lever, whatever it lands on. And there's only a couple things on there. It's like halfback draw, um, wide receiver screen, throw it to triple covered CD lamp. Like that. That's all that exists. So I, I mean, I don't know. I I don't know why they don't give it to Zeke more. They just. I, I'm. I'm honestly. It. It just. Rem, I'm. It rem, makes me reminisce about back when Mike McCarthy was with the Packers. It was like, what is the game plan? Because nobody can make sense of what the game plan is that's happening right now for any team. So, uh, we'll have to see if that maybe irons itself out. One last note about McCarthy, and then we'll move on to the last game and try to close this up. It doesn't help that they show Mike McCarthy on the sideline. He's just. He'll. He's always doing the same thing. He's looking up at the Jumbotron. He has a stupid look on his face. His mouth is open, and he's doing nothing. Every time they show him, that's exactly... It's like he's a statue. He's just dumbfounded at what's happening. It's like he can't believe it. It's like, dude, you're the head coach. Like You're the one making this happen. I don't know. They did win, though, so despite all my rage, I'm somewhat happy. So that's nice. All right, I know good. the feeling as a Mike McCarthy <laughs> yeah. hater as well, so... Yeah, we'll we'll end with that nice uh, rant about McCarthy, and we definitely uh, crapped on him enough for today. Our last game was Rules versus Argy, which is a fitting last game. The score right now, Rules had 113.4, and Argy uh, beat him 114.58. Um, all that's left to play in that game is Thielen. So realistically, Rules could win if Thielen loses a fumble. You know, and gets like a little dump yep. off. Not very likely, um, but you know, now that I said that, I'm sure as soon as we're done recording, it's going to happen. But rules, a little bit of hope, um, but not a bad score to put up. One thirteen, that helps. I know it sucks to lose a close game, but putting up good points really helps with breakers and seeding in the playoffs. So um, keeping that average high is good for rules. This team. Montgomery had a solid performance compared to week one. He He's fine. I, like I said, I think he's a top 20 running back. He's good, not great. I, I think he's going to put up those numbers, and as long as you have other big play guys, you're you're good to go with him. Um, it was really the opposite of last week there, too. It was Cleo Herbert came in and didn't look explosive, where Montgomery was the one who was the shifty, explosive guy. So Yeah, yeah, he had big runs. I think the Bears have potential. They just can't get it all to work at once. And then limiting mm-hmm. fields, like he had like 12 passes on the game or something like that. It's just very weird. <laughs> um, Jerry Judy got hurt. He's week to week. I do like him. I, I still don't know if he's worth that fifth round pick, but the draft doesn't matter anymore. I, I think he shows potential. It just stinks that he got hurt again. 
Um, but I think he'll be out. Uh, Amon Ross St. Brown looks absolutely unstoppable. He's better than even I thought. Oh, he God is. He's good. He's really good. off, man. Yeah. Yeah, he he just he looked unstoppable. The, the the Lions have a legit offense. I don't know about the rest of the team, but with Swift and St. Brown, they are quickly becoming like very good top players at their position. Um and the Lions are only going to get better. They have injuries like from the offseason that are coming back, so uh sneaky to watch them. Um but yeah, rules I don't think there's much you know, to worry about he had a good performance, just stinks to lose. And then you can always cross your fingers. Thielen fumbles it here for Argy. for Argy. Josh Allen studding again. Um, still the QB one. Um, nothing more to see there. Acres. I can't believe he started acres this week. That's a bold move in and of itself. Um, but he had a much better workload, much better 60, 40 split with Henderson. He did get sniped the touchdown, but that's the risky run. I think the Rams are going to try to run the ball a lot. That's what they do. Um, they try to get that play action pass going and they need that for Stafford too. So I could see that to be a little more indicative of what the season will be like that 15, 10 split between them. Um, try to run the ball 30 times a game ish um, with their, with Kelly in there as well. Um, so I think acres is fine. Um, and then Nick Chubb had a huge week. His team lost the game, but like we said last week about hunt hunt had the touchdowns this week, Chubb gets them kind of rolling the dice, but the workload is always there. So anything else to say about any of the games? Yeah, go ahead. When you guess right, it pays off between the two of those. Yeah. You know, someone's getting it. So it's kind of nice. Like, and even be happy with owning both of those guys on my freaking team as my one and two running backs. Like you'd have a solid week of performance from the first two weeks if you had both of those guys. So, Mm -hmm. all right. Yeah. But Nick Chubb technically losing their team. The game was a little interesting. (laughs) Yeah. I don't think it affects Uh, him at all. It's just one of those. It was such a freak thing. You can't even really say it was. I mean, it's not only his like the hands team didn't get the onside kick. Parky, yeah. I think, is their kicker. Missed the extra point. Like, come on. Like, any of those things. I don't know. It is what it is. No, that's for sure. Okay, let's move to waivers. Auction house. This week, there's more waivers than you would think out there. And with injuries starting to stack up a little, you'll want to be looking. So for running back, the biggest waiver pickup that I like is actually Raheem Mostert. He's the Miami backup, but he might have seized the starting role this week. He... He had like a 60-40 split with Chase Edmonds. He looked a lot better than Edmonds. He's a big play guy. He's played for Mike McDaniels before. He's one of the fastest players in the league. I like him as a high upside but low for uh, play. He can rip off some big runs. Um, and I, I think he benefits from the field being stretched by Waddle and Hill. So Raheem Mostert someone to watch. If you're in need of a running back, um, and have a high waiver priority, that is who I would put my chips on myself. Daryl Williams is another good one to go get. He's the Cardinals' backup. He looked good with Connor out. He had eight carries for 59 yards and two receptions. He still could have value with Connor being out, but he's going to split work with Eno Benjamin. Connor could be back, so do watch that, but Connor gets hurt a lot. Daryl Williams has value moving forward, even if he's not playing this week. Um, so if you have room for him on the bench... Um, definitely pick him up. Kenneth Gainwell, I wanted to look at his usage tonight. Um, He was someone that I wanted to watch because last week I thought that he looked really good. 
uh, this week. Yeah, he only has two carries, and Boston Scott has four. So maybe not a stash yet. Um, but I, he did look very talented week one, and when he gets the ball, he he looks good. So Kenneth Gainwell is someone to watch, maybe not pick up yet. Um, Rashad White is a backup for uh, the Buccaneers. He would be more of a speculative grab, but Wedding Fournette's had a crazy workload. If he would go down this year, Rashad White's going to inherit all that work, and he could work his way in even now with Fournette out there as a pass catcher just because – they're really hurting at wide receiver. Um, so I could see him being added. And then I did have Tyrion Davis Price on here, but um, being just edited the note, which was good. Thank you for doing that. Um, he had Welcome. a high ankle sprain today in practice. And then I was going to change it to, you also put this, um, Jordan Mason. So Jordan Mason might be someone to watch. He's behind Price on the depth chart. But now with Price being out, Mason is definitely someone you want to grab because Jeff Wilson could always have a bad game. They bring Mason in. The Niners are really known for just rolling with who's ever doing well. And Mason could get a shot this week. Um, so it might be the only week to grab him. For wide receivers, there's not much out there just because of the nature of our league. Um, these are the best guys that I saw. Noah Brown, uh, he's a gross option. He's the wide receiver for the Cowboys. He's actually the wide receiver four, but he's moved up to wide receiver two just with their injuries. He's seen targets the last two weeks. He has good matchups the next two weeks. He is not a sexy start, but he is startable with just the deep wide receiver league that we have. Um, he's probably not going to win you the week, but he's not going to put up a bagel, hopefully. Um, so someone to watch. The other option, or another option here is Joshua Palmer. Again, somewhat of a gross option, but... Palmer did not really step up with Allen gone, but he did score a touchdown. He was targeted. If Keenan Allen is out, Palmer is a sneaky play this week. Um, that's assuming Herbert plays, which he should play. And then finally, Sterling Shepard um, historically has been a fine wide receiver for the Giants. He has chemistry with Daniel Jones. Doesn't have a history of being great, but he's startable. He got 10 targets this week. He's reliable, not super flashy. And that's really all we got. Um, we don't have a lot of dart throw wide receivers that you normally would be able to pick up just because people have them because we need them, which is good. I like having that wrinkle in the league. Um, moving on to tight ends and quarterbacks for potential streamers this week. For tight ends, there's some good options. Um, Logan Thomas is the commander's tight end. He's been good in the past, um, and he has a great two weeks upcoming for streaming against Philly and Dallas. He could have rest of season appeal, honestly, if he turns out to be good. The only issue is that they're already pretty crowded at the receiver core with uh, Terry McLaurin, uh, Dotson, and then Curtis Samuel. Um, but he's a touchdown, you know, a big body touchdown guy. So I do like Logan Thomas. Um, Evan Ingram plays for the Jaguars. He's seen a lot of targets, but not a lot of yards. This week he had seven receptions on eight targets for 46 yards. It's really good volume. If he gets a touchdown, he's a top five tight end on the week. Um, you don't feel great about starting Evan Ingram, but with that amount of uh, target share, um, you can certainly do worse. And then similarly, Tyler Conklin for the Jets, same exact reasons as Ingram, except the Jets are worse than the Jags. Um, and they've been hyper-targeting Wilson. But if you're really hard up for a tight end, any three of those guys with Logan Thomas being the top would be good to go after. And then finally for quarterbacks, um, we have some really good streamers in our free agency right now. So we have Jameis Winston, 
uh, New Orleans quarterback. They should have Kamara back. He actually has looked fairly decent. He'll have Michael Thomas. He'll have Chris Olave. They're a great wide receiver core. I think Jarvis Landry's out. Um, Jameis is injured, but if he plays, he does have nice upside. Probably the highest upside of any of the streaming quarterbacks because Jameis has shown he can take over a game. It's just uh, sometimes his floor is quite low. Um, Jimmy G would be kind of the opposite of Winston in that. He's similar in what he can do, but he just has way less upside and a lot higher of a floor. Um, We've seen Winston pop off, but we rarely see Jimmy pop off. Um, If you just need someone to not lose you the week, Jimmy's probably your guy, not Jameis. And then finally, if you want to make a bet um, on someone who could have rest of season appeal and actually be pretty good, Jared Goff for the Lions looked really good this week. He had four touchdowns. The running game is helping him open up the passing game just by having play-action passes. And Amon Ross St. Brown is the real deal, like we've said. So don't sleep on Jared Goff. He's an early contender for... uh, potential comeback player of the year for me um and i actually targeted jared goff in my super flex leagues this year and that's been paying off as well just because i think he's a bit underrated he's kind of playing for his future with the lions as well so if you're into storylines like that um that's nice and then finally um if you really need to get deep you can get marcus Mariota, joe flacco but i prefer the other three um if it was me i'd take goff but if you're not a golf believer, I'd take uh, Winston or Jimmy G. Anything that you guys want to add about pickups? I'm going to take them all. All those quarterbacks, they're mine. No. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I you, need to uh, agree with them very much. I'm going to be hitting the list. <laughs> yeah, you guys are going to have to rewind about 10 minutes. Just listen to this a couple times. Get those waivers in tomorrow, right? Got to play being next week. <laughs> oh, boy. Ooh, a be... matchup of the high-scoring teams. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's going to be the scabs playing each Project, other. Jeez. Pro- projections are through the roof. <laughs> All right, uh, let's end with our last uh, segment here, the awards. Uh, the Week 2 Cream of the Crop Award, sponsored by the Macho Man Randy Savage. But the cream rise to the top, oh yeah. Our first award is the We're Going Streaking Award, which recognizes greatness in the area of going on a streak, either positively or negatively. Um, and that goes to me, Alex, and Argy for starting 2-0, and and Jelly, Bean, and Fraz for starting 0-2. Come on, Snoop! Snoop Snoop-a-loop! snoop No, it's cool, it's cool, I'm cool. Bring, bring your green hat, let's go! Come on, everybody, we're going! Good job, 2-0-ers, and 0-2-ers, do better, all right? Cream of the crop. The cream of the crop! Fraz, do you have an award for us? I got an award for us. I have the... That's my quarterback award. It's my quarterback. Which recognizes greatness in loving your quarterback. It goes to Mike Evans for defending Tom Brady's honor when Giselle would not. <laughs> that was awesome That's to great. watch. Like, Lattimore and Evans, like, there had to be Vegas odds on them fighting. Like, I bet there was a bet for that. Because they fight well, every time they play. You gotta, you gotta, like, if Tom Brady's fucking out there running his mouth, you gotta get in there. You can't let Tom Brady get punched in the face. It's Tom Brady. He's, he's gotten sassier as he's gotten older, too. Oh, he really, yeah. He really jaws he's throwing, now. He's throwing a temper tantrum on the sidelines. <laughs> and they won the game. Rough yeah. luck. Yeah, rough luck. And then finally, Bean, what do you have for us? I have Bean's beatdown of the week, and that goes to Zorbis for stomping all over Alex's team with the 140.26 
to forty or to seventy six point nine eight. Not Alex. Who did he stomp all over, Bean? Isn't that what I said? He stomped over know, Mike. Mike. <laughs> it's my freaking list. It doesn't work when the team names oh, don't match boy. up. <laughs> oh man! So Bean's beatdown of the week is himself for uh, <laughs> yeah. mess, the, messing the up first his notes. Bean beatdown of the week is a train wreck. <laughs> Anything else you want to add to that? Bar crash. Yes. Nope, nothing else to add to that. All right. Uh, Frazier, thank you for coming on. I hope it wasn't too boring sitting and listening to us uh, ramble on and on, but it was really nice uh, having you on. It was really fun. No, it was my pleasure. Uh, anytime, boys. It's always nice to add a couple F-bombs to the show, and that's what Frazier really brings in spades. So thank you for that. Bean, any Close last words? No last words for me. Good luck to everyone in week three. All right. Good luck to everyone. Uh, love you guys, and we'll see you next week. Rock and roll. Bye.